This is ContraZoom, a live in limbo production. This is ContraZoom, where we go back and forth about film. I'm Dakota Arsenault, and over the last three weeks, three episodes, two, uh, I was breaking down the odds that each best picture nominee has to win not only the Best Picture Award, but the rest of its respective categories. Uh, so now that I've gone through all of that, it is time to conclude it with the big, just before the Oscars, prediction megathon, where we get to find out how little I really know. And joining me in this quest of seeing what six to walls is, Sammy Felchenfeld. Thank you for being back. It is my pleasure, and I think it should be noted that at the uh, the last year that we did this, I was horribly off, and I intend to be horribly off once again. Great. So it looks like my expert that I brought on is apparently not an expert. I have expert things to say. I just make weird choices. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Um, so before we get into our picks, I think we got a little bit of housekeeping to do. As far as the actual ceremony, this is going to go up just a few days before the Oscars. So you're going to have not a lot of time to fill out your ballots. Hopefully you've been reading blogs, listening to podcasts like mine, and watching as many movies to kind of make your own inform- informed opinion. Um, so this should really just be an augmentation to your already great thoughts on what's going to pan out. Um, but as far as the actual Oscar ceremony go, they have shockingly been in the news a lot more than they normally are, and for all the wrong reasons. I think the first thing that we need to kind of get out of the way is that this is going to be the first time in, I want to say, 35 years or so that there's no official host or hosts, um, which is absolutely shocking. They had Kevin Hart, who ended up pulling out due to some controversy, and we have no idea what the search looked like, but they eventually just said, no hosts. Uh, so how are you feeling about that? Are you excited to see what they're going to do? Worried? Anxious? Um, I, at this point, I think they'll have figured something out and I think it's going to be fine. Um, and fine is the word that I'll use. Uh, at the end of the day, I, I, I think Kevin Hart was an interesting choice. Wouldn't have been my first choice. And something tells me it wasn't the Oscars first choice either. Um, so I don't know. It's, it's, it's been, yeah, like you said, about 30 years since they haven't had a host. Um, I didn't see the last Oscars that they didn't have a, have a host. Um, and I think it's just going to be fine. My honestly, my concern at the end of the day, because you don't need the host after the monologue or the opening piece. Um, and so fine, that saves a bit of time is what are they going to do to open? And if uh, the 1989 Oscars are any example, if anyone um, hasn't seen that, I'll make sure Dakota puts the link um, in the post because it is one of the most atrocious musical numbers I have ever seen. And I hope they don't do that. Are you talking about the, was it the Rob Lowe and Snow White thing? That's, that's the one. That's okay. the 1989 Oscars. Yes. Um, so I, I, I don't know what's going to happen. You know, the, there's always a, a big opening bit, whether you have a, a, a comedian that's doing all stand up or someone that has sing, that sings, makes it more of a musical thing like Hugh Jackman. Uh, we've been told that they're trying to assemble the Avengers for the Oscars. I don't know if that means that they're going to come out 
all at once if they're going to periodically be popping in and out and each person does one thing at a time. I don't know. I can see someone maybe like them getting Lin-Manuel Miranda to do an opening montage celebrating the year of movies. Um, like I, I, I agree with you after the opening monologue, they usually don't really need a host. They usually have about two or three big bits per se, whether in recent years it was like, uh, Jimmy Kimmel, um, going to the movie theater or Ellen doing, uh, the selfies with the audience, things like that. They'll, they'll probably have some big names doing big bits, but no one that would have wanted to carry an entire show for three to four hours themselves. Yeah. And you know what? Let's see how they do it. I think at the end of the day, really depend, unless you, there's a handful of people you choose, the host isn't going to draw that many people. So at this point, they're just getting on with it. I, as far as I know, they've already started rehearsal. So let them just do that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's apparently according to people in the industry, the most thankless job. There's an insane amount of pressure for very little payoff. And because they're basically only picking from a talent pool of some of the most popular people in the industry already. It's not like they can be rewarded with a ton of exposure. The only thing that they can get rewarded with is negative exposure. Like, uh, you know, after Anne Hathaway and James Franco host it and it completely bombed while that was mostly on Franco, uh, the two of them really suffered as far as the public opinion in their public personas go. Yeah, definitely. I think that it's going to be either next year we see someone kind of more outside that realm or they go back to the, the big show people. Um, I loved Hugh Jackman. I think, honestly, I think you need a person with a very strong theater background to be the, to be the host. Um, I feel like Lynn Manuel Miranda will, will be the host one day. Um, but alas, who knows? If this is, turns out to be successful, I can imagine we'll go a few years without a host at all. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Hi there, this is Future Dakota interrupting you listening to this podcast. I just wanted to make an uh, adjustment to what you're about to hear. We are about to talk about the Academy's decision to not air the winning of four categories. On Monday the 18th, the Academy announced that cinematography, editing, live action, short and hair and makeup would not be awarded live during the ceremony uh, and instead be handed out during commercial breaks. This podcast was recorded on Thursday the 14th, so all of the anger and viteral that Sammy and I have towards the Academy was very just at the time. And then the very next day, on the 15th, the Academy decided to reverse their decision and that said that they will indeed air those categories live without being interrupted. So what you're about to hear now is a bit outdated, but I still think what the points that we bring up are valid and hopefully informs why the Academy was uh, smart enough to listen to the backlash and revert itself back. Thank you. Back to your regular scheduled programming. Um, now, if you thought that 
wasn't weird enough, uh, in an effort to tighten things up, uh, they have decided, the Oscars have decided at the moment, you know, by the time this airs, maybe they might have changed, uh, they have decided not to broadcast the cinematography, film editing, hair and makeup, and live action short awards, and will instead hand them out during commercial breaks. We don't exactly know the details. Are they going to show the highlights right after the commercial breaks? Is it going to be a ticker at the bottom of the screen saying, and best uh, cinematography went to Roma. We don't really know how this is going to go, but since they have announced it, there has been a huge uproar, not only from, uh, you know, the actual technical people behind these categories and industry people, but also the only people that really care about the Oscars care about these awards. Yeah. And, and at the end of the day, like they're doing this because they think this will help them carve some time off. Um, what I'm, uh, what I understand came from today, uh, the producer, Donna Giuliotti basically said the, um, they will be recorded during commercial breaks, but they will still, those speeches will air later in the broadcast, but all of the time that it takes for them to get on stage, to leave the stage, um, any of they're basically just going to edit it for time. But what it means is that the, it gets rid of that that the honor of it because it's not being broadcast live. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also just sort of, yeah, it's it's apparently they said they're going to going to rotate categories every year. But in a lot of ways to start with cinematography and editing just seems like not to take anything away from the other two categories that have been bumped. But just in the grand scheme of things, it's going to save them five minutes. It's not going to save them anything else mm-hmm. like. Uh, I, I have often found that the smaller categories usually have the most interesting speeches. You know, you'll get the huge teary one from, you know, the veteran actor who won their first award after being nominated several times over the course of 50 years. And everyone, you know, remembers that heartfelt speech. Uh, but I find the most inspiring or moving or funny speeches usually come from the people behind the shorts or the smaller technical categories and end up making the award show uh, a lot more palatable and end up being more of the, I find the, the water cooler talk the next day. Definitely. And I think at a certain extent, what the Oscars need to do is show awards. They need to have kind of come back from commercial award, another award commercial. They don't have to do, like you said, the bits, they don't have to, to put, put so much energy in the bits. At the end of the day, people, the people who are still watching the Oscars want to know who wins. Mm-hmm. They, they think that they, by pulling in nominees that are a bit more quote unquote popular film, they're going to get viewers, but that's not as much the case. Really, it's just people want to know who wins and they, they, it's not like the Golden Globes where it kind of moves at a different pace and they just, and it's, it's different awards and they just keep moving. But I think that there's a lot of potential to just show awards. Mm-hmm. That's it. <laughs> yeah, like have your big opening, you know, year in retrospective montage comedy bit, whatever you want to do. Get right into the awards. Uh, you still do the in memoriam, still perform the songs, and you don't really need much else. You can trim a lot of fat just by not doing any extra bits. Absolutely. And there was also, um, just even more news. There was also rumors that the Oscars, the Academy was going to do about a three minute time delay 
so that they could edit down speeches on the fly. Oh. Um, but again, the producer of the Oscars came out today. Um, this is being recorded, uh, like you said, a, a couple weeks before the Oscars, but um, came out today to say that would not be the case, uh, but reminds winners that they have 90 seconds. <laughs> Which, as we always know, the, the smaller categories of the unfamous people, they will play them off, but you know, whoever wins Best Actress, whether we'll get to this eventually, whether it's Glenn Close or Lady Gaga or whoever it might be, they're going to get their, you know, two minutes or however long that they end up being. The the band's not going to play them off. Oh, absolutely. And I think that's that's also why I, I saw a great thing posted online today. Sure, they're going to rotate, quote unquote, the categories that are broadcast during commercials, but there's no way Best Actor will be done during commercials. There's no way that that even even director screenplay, it's going to be the technical awards and the smaller awards. Um, and it's just, it, it is a shame. In that, and I fully expect that people are going to, who win, if this still happens, people who win during those commercial breaks will put in their speech, a comment about it. And the Oscars will have to decide if they want to edit it out because if they do edit something out, people will know mm-hmm. people will tweet. People will, there are people, there are hundreds and hundreds of people in the theater who are not celebrities who just go to see the Oscars. And they're the ones who are going to say, Hey, they didn't do this part. So I think, I'm hoping that they reverse this decision because it's a very small thing to reverse. How much do you want to bet that whoever wins for those categories is going to have their, their spouse or someone from their team, uh, pull their phone out and make sure that they record the whole speech just in case? Absolutely. There's going to, there's definitely going to be, um, a commercial break where all of a sudden, uh, Instagram, someone's Instagram story is going to be broadcasting the Oscars better than the Oscars can do it themselves. <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, you know, I don't want to feel like we're, we're getting too deep into this because we're recording this on, on the 14th, a little over a week and a half before the actual ceremony, a little under a week and a half, sorry. Things seem to be in flux based on the uproar really i think the academy knows just as much as the rest of the world knows of what this show is actually going to look like um so there very well might be changes from the time we record this to the time we get post this gets posted to even from the actual sunday night of the oscars so i feel like we shouldn't say any more before we look like bigger fools uh so we're going to take a short break and when we come back we are going to start breaking down the different categories of uh how we think everything's going to play out All right, so we're back. So what we're going to do for this segment, for the rest of the show, is talk about who we think will win, who we want to win, and if we have any snubs for the category. Um, you know, obviously, if we haven't seen all of the nominees or enough other films to make an informed opinion about who we want to win or who was snubbed, that's totally fine. You know, this is this is more just to kind of get the conversation going of different highlights of the year in film and, and how we felt as a whole. Um, so I guess without further ado, we'll kind of uh, bounce back and forth. But we're going to – I've mixed up these categories so that way, much like the Oscars, you know, you start out nice and strong and then the category or maybe people don't know as much, they'll fade a little bit, and then we're going to end off super strong as well. 
So we're going to start with Best Supporting Actor. So who do you think will end up winning this award? Um, I actually think that Sam Elliott will win for Best Supporting Actor. Interesting. You think- oh, wait, sorry. No, that's who I want to win. Sam Rockwell is going to win. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you think well, Sam Rockwell is going to win, win back-to-back awards? I do think that. Either that or it is going to go to Richard E. Grant as finally 20 plus years later recognizing his seminal work in the Spice World movie. <laughs> oh, you're not going to go with, with Nail and I. You're going to go with the Spice World. Well, I haven't seen with Nail and I. I intend to. But anyway, so it's, it's Sam Rockwell or it's Richard E. Grant, neither of whom are who I want to win. Interesting. Uh, so who do you think should win? I 100% think Sam Elliott should win. His performance in The Star is Born was amazing um and it was just nice it, it was just really i don't know something about it, it wasn't a mate a hugely massive role it was the definition of a supporting role i guess um but just so good interesting uh and do you have any snubs for this category no snubs that immediately come to mind <laughs> all right uh so for me i think will win will be mahershala ali if you had listened to my podcast where i break down green book uh i am not a fan of this movie i i think there is a lot wrong with it um both performances are excellent. Viggo Mortensen suffers from being a bit more caricature-like, but Mahershala Ali delivers a phenomenal performance despite his character so poorly written and left with so many gaps that he really could have brought a lot more to it if it was given the opportunity. That said, I, I do think uh, he will end up winning again. Uh, he won, uh, what was it, two years ago now for Moonlight, uh, and I think the Academy really likes him. As far as who I think should win, uh, I, I will go with Richard E. Grant. I thought his performance in Can You Ever Forgive Me was, was really great, and uh, I really enjoyed what he brought to that. There was a lot of nuances. And then lastly, my snub is – I don't know if I would call him uh, a lead or supporting because it, it came from such an ensemble film, but uh, Simon Russell Beale from The Death of Stalin where he plays uh, Beria, he just – has so much energy and great comedic timing is a shame that uh, he was not rewarded with a nomination. Uh, so I guess now we'll flip over to supporting actress. So I'm going to start. Uh, as far as who I think will win, I think it's going to be Regina King from If Beale Street Could Talk. Uh, she seems to kind of have a lot of momentum and the fact that there are two the favorite actresses in the same category, I think it's really going to split the vote. Um, and so I think she's going to be the one that benefits the most from that. Uh, who I think should win is Marina de Taveria from uh, Roma. I think the there's been so few uh, non-English speaking performers that have won acting Oscars that unfortunately it's going to be seen as a bit of a hindrance. Uh, and I don't really, it doesn't look like Roma is really pushing either of their ladies as being, uh, in the real race, so to speak, because you, you really do have to kind of promote and, and, and play the game, uh, much like someone like Lady Gaga has been doing this year. Uh, and then my snub is Florence Pugh from Outlaw King. Uh, it was the Netflix movie starring Chris Pine. Uh, I thought she was excellent in that and, and a really great present. And I'm glad that she is uh, starting to uh, become more of a household name. Uh, so what about you, Sammy? 
so I um I think that Rachel Vice will win, um, despite the cannibalization of uh of Rachel and Emma both from the favorite being in the same category. I do think that she is going to win. Um but I actually agree with you that Marina de Tavira should should be the one who wins. Um I I especially um I, I, I love that movie. You you already know it's my favorite movie of twenty eighteen. Um her performance was even more powerful than uh Elisa Aparicio, so I think she should win, but probably won't. <laughs> Do you have any um, snubs? I, I don't have any snubs for this one. Um, I, often when it comes to the acting ca- categories, I sort of just take take the nominations at face value and say, yeah, okay, those are the five best of the year. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's it's a lot harder for me to judge on on that area because of uh, i think it's a bit objective as well um shall i jump to screenplay then yeah who do you think will win so with original screenplay i think that roma will win i also think that roma should win um however i'd say the favorite is a favorite you could say um but i think that roma just it was, it was such a well-made movie in on so many levels and um it's uh, it's in a lot of cases it starts with the script, and I think that this was just a, a, an, an intimate but really well-made portrait of Quran's life, early life. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. That's, that's it for me. I don't think I have any uh, snubs for screenplay. Okay. Um, unfortunately, I think this is going to be another Green Book win. Uh, for some reason, it just seems like the Academy is is really gung-ho about this movie. Maybe it's the old white men of the academy feeling that it sort of vindicates themselves a little bit tackling a serious race issue movie despite it not being that serious and not being that great um so i don't know i it could go a couple different ways but i i do think maybe green book is going to win it uh who i think should win i'm actually going to go with the favorite while the roma is also one of my favorites of the year uh i think that movie succeeds more based on the acting performances and the setups than the actual screenplay itself Whereas the favorite, I think, works so well because it, it's such a, a beautiful, beautifully written film with lots of rich language. Um, I also consider the screenplay awards to kind of be the anti-best picture, as in the awards that the Academy is too scared to... Uh, reward these films with and so that they they reward them with the screenplay awards instead um and i think the very vulgar nature of the favorite will scare a lot of voters from wanting to put it as best picture but i think that could help its chances for the original screenplay category uh and i think my snub is the excellent uh film sorry to bother you uh it had a really interesting stuff going on i i think um it was a bit overloaded at the time and it's ideas kind of mishmashed together in ways that didn't always work uh but as a whole i think it is a phenomenal screenplay and, and wish it was uh, a nominee so we're gonna flip over now to adapted screenplay who i think will win is black klansman much like the favorite i think this is the a film that doesn't really stand as much of a chance to win best picture and this will be its way to reward it uh and i agree that it should win as well it's a phenomenal film it is everything that green book wishes it could be as far as dealing with race related issues um and the black and white communities coming together in this case on the 
police force, not necessarily the fact that it's about the KKK um, and a black power movement. Um, but I still think Spike Lee really balances these two worlds beautifully and does a great job with it. Uh, as far as a snub for me, I, I mentioned it already for supporting actor, but the death of Stalin, uh, is so funny, but at the same time, it's funny because of, it walks a very thin tightrope where if you remove a joke here or there, this movie very easily could be a horror film. And I think that's a, a wonderful balancing act that they managed to pull off. Well, I will tell tell you that I have not seen Black Klansman, so it has, does not appear on any of my nomination selections. What I can also say so far is uh, we're four categories in, but it's already clear that you are going to win the Oscar pool this year for the third row, uh, third year in a row beating me. Um, but so what I was going to say, though, for adapted screenplay is I believe um, Can You Ever Forgive Me uh, will win, um, and I would like A Star is Born to win. Now, A Star is Born is not the best written movie, um, and I know this is the screenplay category, but it is a um, it's another classic uh, Hollywood loves Hollywood. Um, and this is, I think, the only chance the Academy has to sort of say, hey, we like it. You did a fourth Stars Born movie. Thumbs up. Um, so so in, in that way, I actually want them to win for that reason. As weird as that sounds. <laughs> All right, on to the sound categories. Yeah, um, I, I in a previous episode I kind of talked a bit about the the differences between the two of them, uh, so you can feel free to to listen to that again. But uh, for sound mixing, who do you think will win? Well, before I answer that, I just want to say that I for, this is the first time I've seen a movie uh, on both sound editing and mixing that does not belong to be there belong there, um, and I think it's Bohemian Rhapsody. It did not sound as good as the other movies on these on this list that i've seen um saying that uh sound mixing i think a star is born is going to win but i would like roma to win um and i'll also say to sound editing i think roma is going to is going to win and i want them to win roma is the best sounding movie to me of the year uh, and uh, last year's or 2017's was dunkirk so to me there's always one movie that is just sounds so good now granted we saw it in a dolby atmos theater so it really helped to not watch it on like a laptop screen um, and really get the soundscape that they were going for. And I think that it is, it is going to win. And I think des- or it's going to win at least one of the awards, but I think it deserves to win both. Interesting. And do you have any snubs for those? Um, I not so much a snub. I just find it always interesting when there's a, at least one film that gets nominated for one area or not the other. Um, and in this place, uh, in this case, I think a quiet place being on sound editing is on its own hilarious, not necessarily, not even a snub at all. Cause it's not on sound mixing, but um, it's a movie about silence. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I'll kind of lump them together as well because my choices for, for all three parts are the same. Uh, who do I think will win for, for mixing and editing? I unfortunately think it's going to go to Bohemian Rhapsody. Uh, I'm really worried that they're going to kind of applaud the bio, musical biopic and recreating these really famous songs. And that's going to be them patting themselves on the back for that. Um, who do I think should win for both of the categories? I think it's going to be First Man. I, I would love that movie to pull out uh, the wins for that. It has some phenomenal sound work in recreating not only the rocket ships, but uh, the different planes that you see in, in some other really interesting little thing, little moments uh, that occur in the film. Uh, but as far as my snubs, uh, I'm, I'm actually surprised that you didn't think of this, um, but Annihilation. 
Oh yeah, it was so long ago. <laughs> it came. <laughs> but you're it right. That was that was a that was some fantastic sound design. You're yeah. very right. Like all all you need to say is the the bear creature thing, and and everyone that's seen the movie will remember exactly what that is. The screaming bear, and and be like, oh yeah, how did that not get nominated for that alone? You make a very good point. I think the Academy must have forgotten about it. <laughs> yeah, apparently like everyone else. Um, so we're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we're going to dive into some more categories. So All right, so now we're going to talk uh, about some animated films. So we're going to start with the animated feature. Um, uh, we'll start with you again, Sammy. Uh, who do you think will win? So I think that uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse will win. Um, and I would like to see Ralph Breaks the Internet win. It was by no means the best movie on this list. I just really liked it. <laughs> So I would love to see it win. Um, but I do actually think that Spider-Man will, will win. Now I will preface, I haven't seen it yet. Um, unfortunately I don't think I'll see it until after the Oscars, but every single thing I've, I've seen, everything I've heard, um, I have some friends who are massive animated film aficionados say it's one of the best animated films in a very long time. So I think there's a lot, uh, there's a lot behind it that, uh, Spider-Man's gonna take it. Alright, uh, and you don't have any snubs then? No, because I've basically seen uh, like three of these five movies, and I don't remember other animated movies that stick out in my memory this year. All right. Um, so I agree that I think Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse will win, but I preface that by saying I think it's going to be closer to a coin flip than probably a lot of people imagine, up with Incredibles 2. Uh, the Academy really loves Pixar films. Incredibles 2 was quite good the first one was a better film in my opinion uh but that said i can easily see why there might be a lot of pixar supporters still vote for it regardless um so i don't i I, i'm cautiously saying spider-man i know it won uh best animated feature at the golden globes i don't know how much that's gonna mean for the oscars because they have completely different voting pools basically um who I want to win. I, I loved Wes Anderson and I love dogs with, it was fantastic. Fantastic. Mr. Fox was the better of his two animated films so far, but I think there's some incredible sequences in this movie. His, his design and the ability to slow the pace down, I think is, is a real talent of Anderson and I would love to see it be rewarded. I don't think it will due to the controversy behind it. Uh, but regardless, I think this stop motion film is, is a real work of art. Um, I haven't seen any non nominated, uh, animated films this year, so I don't have any stubs snubs either. Uh, moving on to the animated shorts. Uh, I unfortunately haven't seen them by the time, uh, this recording happens. I have seen bow, which, uh, played in front of Incredibles two. Is that right? 
That is correct. Yeah, so I did see Bao then. It was a very moving little short animated film and the, rarely do animated shorts get this sort of um momentum behind it like this did so i think it's pretty close to being a lock that said i haven't seen any others so i can't say who i think should win snubs anything like that what its real competition looks like uh, i don't know if you you feel similarly i feel similarly i've only seen bow um bow and weekends were both created by canadian um animation filmmakers so that's kind of cool uh bow is amazing it's one of the best animated shorts i think i've seen in a long time and actually i think this is where pixar is going to get the nod but not in the feature film mm, interesting um all right um now moving on to documentary feature do you uh who do you think will win for that I think that RBG will win, um, but having only seen one other film on this list, uh, or sorry, one film on this list in total, it's Minding the Gap, and I really liked it, so I would like it to win. All right. Um, I, I'm agreeing with you on both. I've seen all five nominees, and, and as much as I love Ruth Bader Ginsburg, that documentary was trash like i hate it the way they <laughs> they positioned it the way they kept cutting to trying to make her seem so hip and cool with millennials like it just the it made no sense what they were trying to do and while i learned a lot about her career i feel like i learned almost nothing about who she is as a person i get it that she's a very private person but if you're going to make a documentary about someone you need to really know who the person is um and to me it's seems like it winning would just be a virtue signal of just saying, Hey, the Academy likes RBG, the person. Exactly. Exactly. Especially because she has been in the news so frequently these last couple of years. Uh, and you know, not to knock her or anything like that, but very clearly she is unfortunately coming closer to the end of her life. Uh, and I think this would be a bit of a sort of a congratulations on your entire career of being such an amazing pioneering woman in law. Unfortunately, this movie does not deserve it. Uh, minding the gap, I think does. It is, it's beautiful the way it blends skateboarding with this intense personal drama dealing with, uh, child abuse and, and other forms of abuse and and it does a great job really combining the two in a way that i think you know i imagine you're not a, a skateboarding fan i'm sure you still probably found those sequences pretty riveting yourself uh, yeah definitely like the, there's some shots of like them you know just riding through town and going across bridges and the way it was all filmed it was just all very gorgeous and i would love to see it win because i think it also very maturely addresses the issues of abuse in a way of yes we know it's bad but there's also a lot of gray areas involved and the ability that people we think are good people can do bad things how does that make us look at them either differently or or not differently after we learn this information. I think yeah, I think it I think it did a did a really good job. I will say I guess it's a snub everyone's been talking about it was um won't you be my neighbor not being on the list. Mm-hmm. Um I did finally finally um get a chance to see it. It was good. Um but having not seen the other the other nominees I can't compare it against <laughs> 
what what it could have been uh, in this uh, group of nominees. Other than uh, RBG, those those four other nominees are all amazing films, and I do strongly recommend everyone going out to to check them. Um, I, I know they're not very flashy names like RBG is. There, you know, there's no "Won't You Be My Neighbor." Um, I know Michael Moore just put out a film, and even though it wasn't very good, he's a big name in the documentary world. People like that. That usually gets people watching them. Uh, but the, these four films, I think, are all very strong and worthy of people watching them. Um, now, moving on to the documentary shorts. Uh, I actually managed to to watch all five of them, and so I, I was really happy with that. Um, the one that I think will win just premiered on Netflix this past week, and that's Period End of Sentence. is a It's a great little film about uh, women in India uh, working together to mass produce uh, sanitary pads because that's something that most women in India just do not have access to, whether because they can't afford it, it's not available in the areas that they live, the rural areas, or because of the stigma attached to it. Uh, it's a, it's funny, it's cute, it's adorable, it's informative, uh, and I really, I think it'd be one that the Academy would, would love to reward. Um, my favorite that I think should win is, is Lifeboat. It's this really great little documentary about, um, how on the coastlines, mostly in, in Germany, uh, they have boats going out to help save these giant refugee rafts that are coming from uh, Syria and other places and the very harrowing trip that these people are going through just to have freedom. They are risking uh, death, illness, separation, arriving with literally nothing but the clothes on their back. Sometimes they don't even have that because they, they lose it on the trip. Um, and, and a lot of them do die or end up getting caught by pirates and sold into slavery. It's a very dark but also uh, informative film that reminds you that there are some decent people out there that want to help those that are less fortunate than us. And I would love it if that ends up winning. Uh, I haven't seen any other documentary shorts, so I have no snubs. Uh, I'll make this one easy for you. I haven't seen any of them. Um, so I'm going to just say that whatever you said is what I would also say. <laughs> I better not uh, you see know, you cheating off my ballot then when I'm <laughs> filling it out. <laughs> Too late. I'm, this is the only only point that I'll get. <laughs> um, um, I'll also preface that I haven't seen any of the live action shorts either, so I defer to your genius. I have not seen any either, so you know I, I've read about which ones look like the front runners, but with the shorts, it's so difficult to call one a front runner because they're very rarely, unless it's the animated short where they've got like a Disney or Pixar name attached to it, there is literally no sort of momentum behind it because they're they just don't have the the, the monetary ability to do so. So until I see them, I have literally no opinion on this. Uh, so, you know, I'll let you uh, talk about hair and makeup then. Sure. I, I always find it interesting that hair and makeup is um, three, rarely four, but usually three <clears throat> three nominees. So in this case, I would give it to Vice um, for the obvious reasons of, of just making, uh, making a man look completely different. Um, and I like to always bring up uh, Academy Award winner Suicide Squad that won in this category in the past. 
Um, and it's just, uh, I don't think of uh, no snubs immediately spring to mind, maybe beyond some, some bigger, uh, kind of the, the more blockbustery, um, superhero films, but I think Vice probably will get it. It should get it. Sounds good to me. <laughs> All right. Um, I, yeah, um, I've only seen Vice of the Three. Uh, I, I think that will probably end up winning. It's, Usually I find this award is the most hair and makeup, uh, and Vice certainly is the most hair and makeup, uh, as far as being very visible. We all know what Christian Bale looks like, and we all know what Dick Cheney looks like, and the fact that they managed to make Christian Bale, who looks literally nothing like Dick Cheney, look like Dick Cheney, is a feat in of itself. Um, I, I, and I completely agree. It really is the most hair and makeup, and I'm looking at past winners, and that's totally what it is and that's what's what's going to happen yeah no maybe it it might not necessarily be fair to call it the most hair makeup but it definitely the most visible hair and makeup um it it usually ends up going to it uh i haven't seen mary queen of scots yet but just from the trailer and seeing images the transformation that margot robbie's character goes through i think is pretty stunning um and so i would i would definitely think that that one should be the winner only because i know there's a lot of people criticizing uh steve carell's makeup as donald rumsfeld he doesn't really look like donald rumsfeld and even sam rockwell's george w bush you know he's he kind of has the nose but other than that he's kind of mostly relying on the voice to convey the the bushiness of it um and so it, it's it's sort of tough where it seems like they they put all of their effort into the Cheney character and not much else. So I, I would prefer going to something like Mary Queen of Scots. Um, as far as uh, my snub, uh, I know it eventually becomes more CGI, but Sorry to Bother You has some very interesting uh, stuff. I don't want to give too much away if you haven't seen it yet, but there's, a, I, I'll just say, uh, Equisapiens. Um, and for those who have seen it, <laughs> that's not, too, that's I mean. not too spoilery. <laughs> I think well, that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there, there are some stuff that happens. Um, and I, I think that's some really great hair and makeup, but there is just be no way in hell the Academy would ever nominate, uh, the hair and makeup for that. <laughs> I, I definitely agree. And, and before we take a break, I would totally recommend our listeners, if they want a, a fun and very weird memory trip, to read the Wikipedia page on this exact category, so best makeup and hairstyling, that um, basically existed in its current form since 1981. And what a list of nominees. That's all I can say. All right. I will make sure that I link that in the show notes. If you ever dream of reminisce Wondering where to find what you truly miss Well, maybe all those things that you love so Are waiting in the place where the lost things go Memories you've shared, gone for good you feared They're all around you still, though they've disappeared Nothing's really left. All right, so now we've got another batch that we're going to look at. So we're going to talk about cinematography. So, Sammy, why don't you hit us off for who do you think will win? 
well, actually, we should wait for commercial and then do it, do it then. Oh yeah. That's the way it's <laughs> going to work now. All right. Uh, uh, so I, I do all joking aside, I do think that, um, that Roma is going to win and I would like Roma to win. You're probably going to guess there's a pattern. Um, but never doubt Alfonso Coran. That's what people did when Gravity won basically every award la- that time. So I, and I love the cinematography in this. Um, you actually brought up, uh, Annihilation and I actually enjoyed the cinematography in Annihilation. It was kind of weird, but it worked for me. Um, the other films, I'd say the favorite, um, the favorite comes close. Uh, but Roma, I think, will win and should win. Uh, yeah, I, I'm in a, in a similar boat. I, I agree that Roma will win and should win. Uh, the favorite is very, very close for me as being a, a should win. I, I really like Lanthimos's, uh, playfulness in the way that he, experiments with things like fisheye and uh obscure camera angles and movement but roma Quran's steadiness to really be able to tell the story in tracking shots and long takes you know that's exactly what he's what he's famous for and it's all on display in roma uh so i, I you know he really his team really deserves this win again um and for my snub, uh, a bit off the board, uh, off the game board perhaps, would be for Game Night. Uh, I thought this film was really cool. There's some really interesting sequences where the camera will sort of, um, uh, pan, uh, pan, pan back or, or tilt up and it'll sort of reveal the, the set to look more like a board game. There, there's a sequence where the camera pulls away of a car driving down the street and it kind of, uh, goes to, uh, um, it makes it look like it's a, a board game like in the game of life where it looks almost like a, a plastic trees and houses and the way the car is moving. It just looks v- very board game like, and there's some really cool action sequences in that too. Uh, so it would have been cool to see game night, get a nomination in this category. So moving on to best costumes, uh, I, I'm going to be a little bit boring here. Who I think should win and will win is the same for me, and that is the favorite. You know, this category is basically uh, period piece cost best period piece costumes. So it's it's very it's a little bit more predictable sometimes than other ones. They love their corsets uh, and their long dresses and things like that. Uh, but I think the favorite does some really interesting stuff, showing multiple classes all trying to fit in this same building. Uh, you've got you know the absolute prim and properness of the queen, and then you've got uh, both of the other ladies played by Rachel Weisz and Emma Stone uh, with varying degrees of wealth behind them. Vice is much more aristocratic, so she has fancier dresses, but when she dresses down, she also still looks quite elevated. Like, there's her um, uh, shooting outfit that she wears, where it's basically like uh, riding pants, uh, and it looks really beautiful, and Emma Stone trying to look more beautiful and classy than her character actually is, I think is really interesting. And then, of course, when you have the the regular townspeople and what have you. Uh, As far as my snub, I think it's you know, I, it's very easy to go period piece, like I said, but I'm going to go off the board and go mo- super modern and say crazy rich Asians as a snub for this category. Much like the favorite, I think there's a lot of interesting different uh, class boundaries between these characters and the way that they try to make themselves look 
like a different class. You know, you have the absolute cream of the crop. There's a, a wedding sequence near the end, uh, where everyone is just dressed to the nines. And then you have, uh, Aquafina and Ken Jong's characters who are basically this version of like this trashy family that came into a ton of money and have coded everything in gold. And that is hilarious and some really interesting costumes that Aquafina wears. Uh, so that would be my pick for a snub. Um, so I, uh, I think that the favorite is going to win. So I'm kind of, uh, right there with you. I think that I would love Mary Poppins returns to win. Um, I just really like the, the costumes, but I, I agree that they were not, they don't stand out in the way the favorite did. Um, I just also really like Mary Poppins returns. So just throwing it in there. My snub actually goes to the horrible fantastic beasts movie that came out. Um, this year, and I, I say horrible lightly. It was just a very poorly written movie. Um, but the costume design was A+. plus. It was one of the few things that improved upon the first film a couple years ago. Um, and uh, I, I know that they wouldn't win, but I would have appreciated it being recognized as a nomination <laughs> um, for those wonderful jackets as well. You've talked about your love of the jackets before. It's great jackets. <laughs> All right. Uh, what do you have for editing? So for editing, we're going to go to commercial again. <laughs> um, I think that um, the favorite is going to win for editing. Um, and I, which I, it, it does deserve it. I, I want it to win. Um, this is where I, I sort of, I know I already said I didn't like this movie, but I think um, Bohemian Rhapsody should maybe win because um, there's another poorly written movie for you, but the editing did a lot of the work um, to make it, a, a viable movie in my mind. Um, and I think the snub here is, believe it or not, Roma. <laughs> um, of course it is. So, uh, in this case, this was Quran who, who directed and, and did this, the photo, the cinematography for his own movie and also edited it. And I think that there could be some recognition for that as well, but all that to say the favorite's going to win. It's, it's interesting. I'll, I'll comment on your, uh, editing for Roma being snubbed. I think as much as great editing means being able to tell a story and connect two different moments together is key. I think for Quran, his lack of editing, as in his use of long takes and stationary camera angles, plays just as much of a role in what good editing should be. Knowing when to just let the the action continue is really a key part of editing, too. So for me... Um, I would say both by who I think will win and who should win is actually Black Klansman. There are two really interesting sequences in this. There is one early on during a, a Black Power college gathering where there is this very impassioned speech going on. And while we are seeing... uh this this person speak to the crowd uh there are little basically bubbles that pop up on the screen showing the faces of people listening so instead of doing a shot reverse shot basically we're incorporating them both on the same shot so it was um overlaying of one another and it's really interesting and then later on near the end of the movie there's a simultaneous um black power white power chant going on and seeing how the two groups have such similar 
energy as far as volume and intensity, but for very different reasons is, is very interesting to see. And I think Spike Lee did a great job being like, while they do look like two sides of the same coin, they are in fact very different once you, you know, get under the surface, which isn't that difficult when you hear people shout white power, you obviously know that's not a good thing. Um, but my snub is actually uh, the documentary Minding the Gap. We talked about it earlier. I think there is just some some great sequences of skateboarding, whether it's home footage of them when these guys were teenagers skateboarding in a park or them just going down the town that always seems to be deserted, uh, cut being juxtaposed against these very serious interviews where you get to see this emotional turmoil that they're experiencing inside. They, the only way that they can release it that they know how is by skateboarding. And I think they do a great job editing that together to make the audience understand the way these young people feel. Fair point. Yeah. Um, so it would have been great to see it nominated, uh, other than, you know, occasionally for, for original song, we never see documentaries get nominations outside of their own category. Unlike, um, some of the other categories, some of the other types like foreign film or animated, where they sometimes have multiple nominations in different categories. Uh, you never see documentaries get nominations outside their own category, which I think is a bit of a shame. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's it, it's going to take a documentary that sort of is a, a, a more of a movement or just a, on its own very popular to kind of get that recognition elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And it seems like it only happens one, every once in a while. Um, you, you know, the big one obviously was Bowling for Columbine. It didn't get any outside nominations, but that could have been one. Uh, and then I remember another Michael Moore film being Fahrenheit, uh, 9-11. He didn't want it to be, he pulled it from the documentary category and instead pushed for it to be a best picture nominee. It didn't get nominated. I think if it was in the era of where it was between five and ten films, six and ten films, he would have gotten the nomination but back when there was only five he didn't make the cut so it would have to be basically a very big filmmaker that's able to pass this boundary because unfortunately documentary filmmakers usually are not rock stars a lot of people in the industry are not rock stars, whether they think they are or not. <laughs> well, c- c- comparatively to other categories where, you know, you can look at, um, directors of, of even animated films, whether it's Wes Anderson or the different Pixar directors, uh, where their, their name carries a lot more cash than a documentary filmmaker does. That's, that's true. Uh, so now let's move over to foreign film. Uh, I think this is going to be pretty simple for both of us. Um, who I think, uh, will win is Roma. You don't get 10 nominations without being able to win your main award. Uh, it's pretty much the, the biggest shoe in of the night. Uh, who I think should win. Also, I think it's Roma, but I think it's a lot closer in my mind, than it would be for other people. Cold War uh, is also one of my favorite movies of the year, and it, it those two films are so close. They're neck and neck as far as which one I think is better. Uh, Roma, I think, is just a bit more structurally sound, and the fact that Cold War is about basically... 40 years of maybe not that long as about, but I think 20 years that the film spans 
so it's a bit looser at times, whereas Roma is just so tight um, that I, I can't help but say that that one is the one that I think also should win. I've only seen a few of the nominated foreign films. I haven't seen other ones, so I can't say who was snubbed. Uh, the big one that everyone talks about, though, was the South Korean film Burning, uh, starring Steven Yuan. Um, but I haven't seen that yet, so I can't comment if it was snubbed or not. Uh, and on my side of things, um, we've talked about this a little bit, of course, off the podcast, but um, I actually do think this is going to be a situation where the Oscars or the Academy is going to take a look at this and say, you know what, Roma has best picture in the bag. Let's give a different film, foreign language film. Um, but I, I mean, I would like Roma to win. I do think Roma will win. Um, but I think, like you said, Cold War, uh, it's, it could possibly win. And that, and that could be an indication early in the ceremony, especially seeing how Roma is doing that Roma might take best picture or best director, which we'll, of course, get to. Mm-hmm. If, if anything, you know, if they do decide that, it might also show that there isn't as much support behind Roma as we have been led to believe. That's very true. And I think, I think there's members of the Academy, especially people who have been on the Academy a long time. I'll say it that way, who aren't thrilled about Netflix um, and who have been resistant to, to net distribution of online distribution of film, even though it was still in theaters, we saw it, got to see it in theaters as well, but um, that could be enough where the, the interest isn't there in the same way. Mm-hmm. It's, it's actually kind of funny because most Academy Award, most Academy members, uh, view their films by screeners. They get people that don't know it. If you're a member, you basically get sent DVD copies or they've now started switching it up to being digital copies of the films and you basically either watch it on your computer or if you're tech savvy enough being able to throw it up on your TV. Um, so most of them probably would have watched all of these films on smaller screens to begin with, but I think there will be a bit of a principal point to say, well, everyone else didn't get to see Roma in theater, so we're going to punish it for that. Right, which, I mean, it, that's a good segue to um, production design, if you don't mind me doing that. Um, go ahead. I, I think that uh, it's a very different experience seeing Roma um, in on the big screen because you can appreciate something like the production design. This was a very everything was so intentional in this film. Obviously because it was black and white, which I even said to you after we saw it, I have to remind myself that it was filmed in color and then turned into black and white because but but the the, the way the lighting was done, the way things were designed, the way everything was set up um was around that. What I think will win, actually, this is going to be the only film that Black Panther gets a win for. Um, and the, the production design of Black Panther is quite impressive, um, especially because they basically built a whole world, um, a whole country that is, has never existed in, in, in other films kind of thing. Um, but I, I would like to see Roma win. I think it's very likely that Black Panther will win this one. Um, in, I, I agree. I, I think Black Panther will probably end up winning. It might be one of the few that it gets. This, this film had a ton of nominations. Uh, this could be one of maybe only one or two that it ends up winning. Um, so this might be it for them. Uh, as far as who I think should win, I'm actually going to go with the favorite. Um, while obviously I love Roma, I, I don't think its production design was, was particularly spectacular. Um, 
it kept a lot of the shots very similar feeling as far as the different sets that were going on. Uh, whereas I think the favorite did a lot more with showing the world that they were all inhabiting. Um, I don't really have a, a snub, so I don't really know what else I might have missed. Uh, but I'm sure there's, there's some that I've either already mentioned or I'm forgetting. Uh, and then the next one we're going to talk about is best visual effects. This one is so difficult to, for me. I, I finally finished watching all five of them. Uh, just last night was, I, I finished the category off when I watched Ready Player One. I actually think all of the nominees are, are pretty worthy for very different reasons. And, um, I would say, you know, Avengers, Ready Player One, and Solo, a Star Wars story, all kind of have very similar styles of lots and lots and lots of visual effects, um, whereas Christopher Robin and First Man have much more subtle, subtler ones, especially First Man, but Christopher Robin is very much just on the Winnie the Pooh and Friends characters, where we don't, I'm sure there are other visual effects that we, we don't notice, but that's what the, the, the focal point is, and that's the reason why I got the nomination, and I actually think all five are really strong. So for me, it's it's basically like rolling a five sided die of who I think uh, both should win and will win. Uh, I'm I, I think Avengers will win, and you know if if I had to say who should win, I, I guess Avengers as well. Uh, had some really interesting stuff going on, especially with the the snap. Um, for those who haven't seen, I won't say more than that. Um, but really, it's been out for almost a year now. You should probably know what the snap is. Um, and my snub mentioned it earlier is, uh, is annihilation for screaming bear. Uh, I'm, I'm definitely right there with you. Um, I think that the Avengers will win. Totally deservedly, I agree that um, I've seen all but one of these movies, and I uh, I think that that they're all pretty even. Ready Player One, um, I think if it was a better better film, it would probably win this category. Um, but uh, actually, I do think that Christopher Robin should win. I think that they handled um, both physical and digital puppetry in a really interesting way. Um, not much more to say than that. This is a very interesting category. Um, I've been hearing a lot of rumors that part of the reason they want all the Avengers to come to the Oscars and be presenters is that the, the next Endgame trailer will premiere. And what better corporate synergy for ABC as the, uh, channel with the, with the Oscars this year, which is of course owned by Disney to grant, um, to, to have Avengers win the visual effects award, which obviously ABC and Disney has no control over. And then immediately following in the commercial break, we're treated to a new trailer of the, the next Avengers movie. So corporate synergy for you. Yeah. I'd say you, you can't write that, but, uh, you very clearly can write that. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, since, since we're on, on this, uh, I, I forgot to bring it up earlier. I, I think the one suggestion that I've seen from just about everyone that's complained about uh, the Academy cutting categories uh, as a way to kind of bring viewers back onto the Oscars is make the Oscars a spectacle just like the Super Bowl is for commercials based around movie trailers. You know, we've, we've heard that the rumors being the, the next Endgame trailer is going to premiere during the Oscars. That's definitely going to have a bunch of people really interested to see it. But if every year, you know, we were getting about four or five big name first look 
trailers, teasers for different movies, I think that would be uh, a reason for a lot of people to watch the ceremony way more than any host or tightening things up by cutting categories ever will encourage people to watch. Absolutely. I mean, just Disney alone has some of the biggest movies of the year. They could drop the title of Star Wars. They could have done the Frozen teaser, which they just released. They could do a, a full-length Lion King trailer. Just them alone have has enough trailers for all their films. Toy Story 4, I could keep going. Um, that I think you're right that that would be the way to go. But, of course, we we digress. <laughs> yeah, and, and like like you said, this is a Disney ABC channel that airs the Oscars. Who not better to even test that out than Disney ABC being the one? Uh, you and I are in a group chat and all the rage talking about was the Frozen 2 teaser that came out. I imagine for a lot of other people, it was very similar. And so why was that not premiered during the Oscars? That is perfect opportunity. They're a week and a half away. You're telling me that they couldn't wait for that? No one knew that was coming out in the first place. And that's why I think we we may still see the Avengers or a Lion King or even, I mean, it's a long shot, but even the Star Wars 9 title. Or uh, Aladdin as well. You know, instead of releasing a picture of Will Smith that puts the whole Internet ablaze laughing at it, you could instead actually show a bit of a sequence. You know, we, we often know that stuff that appears in trailers is shot before the rest of the movie, they sort of plan that out a bit ahead of times, more so for these big tentpole movies. You're saying that they, they don't have enough sequences cobbled together where they can, you know, throw a, a teaser trailer of Will Smith to actually get people excited for it instead of mocking them for it? Nonsense. Well, I mean, they did, it was in the, in the, uh, in the Grammy spot. Um, but the, the, the brief part of Will Smith was so short and the CGI was so bad that that's what it, the result was. But I know we still have one more segment to go, so I think we should leave it at that. Fine. Yes, I know. I'm just so worked up. Uh, so we're going to take a short break and come back and do the last bit of categories. All right, so now we're going to talk about Best Original Score. Uh, so, Sammy, why don't you lead us off of who you think will win? So I think I'm trying to pull up all these nominations. We, we're doing this in a different order than the ballot has. So I think that um, if Beale Street Could Talk is going to win, and I think that it should win, um, again, I haven't seen all these films, but with score, I do actually like to listen to parts of the music. Um, my snub here is First Man, which actually had my favorite score of the year. I haven't seen the film yet, but uh, still, I like music from films um obviously this is not a category roma could win because it had no music um but yeah so for me the snub is first man interesting um i actually think that black panther will win the award uh it's incorporates some really great traditional african music uh mixed with both modern music scores but also modern hip-hop as well um i i really liked what it did uh i think Isle of Dogs should win. I really love the throwback to the Kurosawa style, um, war drumming that they have going on through most of the film. Uh, and that would be really cool for that one to win. 
And then lastly, my snub is The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. It, this was kind of a, a tough one to come up with a snub. I don't think there was tons of, uh, of really great scores that are, are super memorable. I, I, I considered First Man, but in the end, I went with The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. All right, so moving on to best original song. Uh, I think this is uh, also probably maybe one of the easier categories to predict, at least in my opinion. I think both uh, will win and should win is Shallow from A Star Is Born. It's a, a song that was everywhere, regardless if you've seen the movie or not, you've definitely heard Shallow. Um, and, and I think that might be, we're going to talk about a bit later, that might be the Academy Awarding Lady Gaga. Um, and then as far as uh, Snub for me, it would be the Oh Yeah, All Right, Hell Yeah, That's Tight song from Sorry to Bother You. Um, I thought that was a, a pretty great little song and, and we'll have loved to see that included. But once again, there was no way in hell the Academy was nominating anything from Sorry to Bother You despite how great it was. So I'm right there with you. I think Shallow win, will win. I think it deserves to win. I do like the place where lost things go. And I find it interesting that the Academy, um, Emily Blunt is not performing the song at the Academy. It's a quote unquote surprise guest. And that I think is, is a reasonable choice. Emily Blunt's voice in the movie was great, but I think she probably may not feel comfortable singing it live. Um, and it's, it's a, it's a pretty good song, but easily Shallow is a better song. And I think you're right. It is going to be that recognition of, uh, recognition of lady gaga and speaking of that i guess we'll go to actor which is not actress yet we can, um, we can flip it around we'll, we'll, all right let's talk let's, about best actress okay we'll talk about actress i think that glenn close is going to win um and i think uh i mean i have not seen the wife but from what i hear and the zeitgeist and and i mean the clips i've seen it looks like she will get it as like you've said, a recognition of her career, but also in this film. Um, I would actually honestly like to see Lady Gaga win, um, but I think that it'll sort of be like, oh, Lady Gaga, you're a musician. Here, get the original song Oscar, but not the actor Oscar. And I think that for she wants a valid acting career. She deserves it because she did a, a fantastic job in that movie. Um, I just don't think it's going to be her time. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have any snubs from this year? I don't. Nothing springs to mind. Okay. Uh, I, I agree. I think Glenn Close probably will end up winning this. I think, I think this might be one of the hardest categories to accurately predict because Lady Gaga could have a ton of momentum. Uh, Olivia Coleman definitely is getting tons of praise for her performance and Melissa McCarthy also got tons of praise where I think she, I don't think she will win, but I can definitely see her siphoning off enough votes where whoever might have been the second place person ends up being bumped up to first because of Melissa McCarthy stealing some votes. Um, so I think it's going to be Glenn Close. She's been nominated, I believe, eight times and has never won before. This will definitely be a lifetime achievement award for her. It was a great performance, but who I think should win is actually, uh, Yelitsia Aparicio from Roma. I thought she did a phenomenal, phenomenal job. Very subtle performance, especially from a non-actor like she is. Uh, and then my snub for this year, this one was a bit tough. There was a couple people I thought about, but the one I, I ended up on was Elsie Fisher from 8th grade. Uh, this young lady did such a great job in a performance uh, that was very raw and real and uncomfortable to watch of what it's like for modern young girls to grow up and what the experiences they face while 
timeless in some aspects also reflect the nature of the very digital world that they are now living in. Uh, so now let's, let's move backtracking according to my, my notes that I prepped up that you kind of just threw out the window there. Uh, that's what I do <laughs> is best actor. This one, I am, I'm actually quite angry with, with this category. I think almost all of the nominees should have been tossed out and should not be there. Uh, unfortunately, we're going to have to deal with that. And, uh, the, these are the five that we got. I think will win. I am not super confident about this, but I'm picking Christian Bale, uh, over Rami Malek. I, I just think the Academy will do it to sort of pat themselves on the back that, uh, Christian Bale was able to show the world how evil of a man Dick Cheney is that we obviously do know already, um, and managed to transform himself so much. It was a really good performance, but I don't think it is Academy Award worthy. Uh, as far as who I think should win of this group, I'd probably say Bradley Cooper. Um, you know, I, we, I, I know I obviously shouldn't really be comparing him to Lady Gaga, uh, but I do think Cooper's performance was slightly stronger than hers. I think his range was a bit better. Uh, and I think also was a bit more unexpected turn. You know, the last few years, I think we, we've really been seeing a whole bunch of different sides of Bradley Cooper and, and the talent that he possesses. And I think this is another really interesting facet from him, uh, in another great role. Uh, as far as a snub, I think is, is criminal that John David Washington from Black Klansman was not nominated. I don't know how. Um, I thought he gave a, a slightly stronger performance than Adam Driver who also was good, but I don't know how you, you couldn't nominate that when clearly the Academy loved that film and gave it a ton of other nominations, uh, and, and just missed such a big part. Uh, there's a few other people that I could have gone with, whether it's Lakeith Stanfield from Sorry to Bother You or a couple other people, uh, but I'm going to stick with Washington as my snub. Um, I think, uh, very much so. I think this is going to be a very interesting race. Um, I think that either Bradley Cooper or Rami Malek will win. So for Bradley Cooper, he was not nominated for director, which I think is a total snub. I know we're not there yet, but I think his directing was fantastic. Um, and I, you're right. I think that the, the acting was very strong. I think in, in some ways, many ways stronger than, um, than Lady Gaga, not in others. Um, so I do kind of think he's going to win, but at the same time, I feel like the Academy and Hollywood has like such excitement for Rami Malek's performance in Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, he did. He, he is one of my favorite actors. He did do a f- phenomenal job. So I think that he should win and I think he's going to win, but I feel like it's still going to be kind of a weird, like it's very much the situation of a film getting so many nominees because the main person was so good in the role. Um, so that's, that's sort of where, where I sit with that. Yeah. Like as far as Malik to kind of just expand on, on my thoughts on a little bit, he does a fantastic impression. You know, he hits all the right moves. You know, anyone that's a Queen fan, which obviously there's a lot of people, know how Freddie Mercury danced and his stage persona looked like. And we've seen enough interviews to to know what his flamboyance was. And I think Malik was able to to get that all down to a T. But I, I, as much as I love him as an actor too, I don't think he brought the real uh emotional heft to that role that i think he, 
it really could have had. Maybe that was an issue with the script, which was a huge issue for me. Uh, but I, I, I think, you know, comparing it to someone like Mahershala Ali in Green Book, a performance that I thought was great despite the limitations of the script, I think that, uh, Malik's performance was, was hindered even more so by the script. That is a total fair point. I will say that in the past, um, the Oscars for actor and actress, best leading actor and actress, have not always gone to the best actor or actress. Um, and sometimes there's, I think, a bit more behind that. And I think this is a case where the impression, it being a fantastic spot on impression, is what could cause him to win. Mm-hmm. But we're going to see very soon. <laughs> do, you, do you have any snubs for this category either? Uh, no snubs. No. Okay. Uh, I, I mean, I, I agree with the ones that you have for sure, especially Lakeith Stanfield, but the same, the same thing. He's not, no one from that film, nothing from that film being nominated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, which is definitely a bit of a shame, but uh, so the way it goes. Um, now we're going to move on to best director. Why don't you lead us off for this one? Okay. So I've already shared my snub. Um, I do believe that if Bradley Cooper was nominated, he would have won. Um, but of course, I do think that Roma is going to win. We've talked about this before. You'll probably bring it up in your notes in a moment. That best director is sometimes the um, second best picture Oscar. It doesn't always, the best director doesn't always go on and then win the best picture. It's sort of the other way to give, excuse me, a big honor to the to that film. So in that case, um, I think that uh, The Favorite or Cold War could take best director in that case. Interesting. Um, do you, ha- uh, oh yeah, you already said your stuff with Bradley Cooper. Um, uh, you know, it, it seems to have been in this last close to a decade where best picture and best director have not always lined up. And I'm usually 100% for that. I agree that there is very different, there's very different aspects to what makes a best director and what makes a best picture. Um, that said, I, I think a Quran, uh, you know, is the best director of this year. He, he once again, he managed to take aspects that are very familiar to those who, who have followed his career closely and, and are able to, to notice similarities film over film, whether it be themes and things like that. But he was able to add such a personal touch to his, to this work that it was absolutely undeniable of him being the driving force behind this, uh, you know, a common complaint for some of his other films, whether it be gravity or, or children of men that they're, they can be very distant films. They're very cold and calculated. This movie is anything but that. And, and it's totally because of him having such a, a rich history and connection to the material of the story that he's wanting to tell. So I think both he will win and should win. Um, if I were to split them up, like you said, uh, I would probably go with Pavel Pavlikovsky from Cold War, uh, but I'm going to stick with Koran. As far as my snub, uh, I'm going to say uh, Armando Iannucci from um, The Death of Stalin. I mentioned it earlier with the screenplay, uh, the tightrope that that film is able to walk, which has some really sad, disparaging moments, uh, but mixed with some of the funniest scenes I have seen in years and highly recommend anyone to watch it. Um, that, you know, whether they're a fan of, of Veep or his other, uh, films like Out of the Loop, um, or The Thick of It. There's there's really a lot where his blend of political satire is is unlike anyone else is doing in this world. 
So without further ado, let's go over to Best Picture. Uh, once again, I'll, I'll let you lead this off, Sammy. Um, I think the best picture is going to be uh, Denis Villeneuve's Dune, releasing hopefully in 2021. It'll win every Oscar from that point forward. I just want to say one other thing about the directing category. My nightmare is that Denis Villeneuve and Alfonso Cuaron and Guillermo del Toro are going to be against each other one year. It's just going to happen from synergy of schedules, and the the academies will just break the statue in three because there's no other way. Anyway, with that being said, um, with Cuaron being one of my favorite directors and Roma being my favorite film of the year, I strongly feel Roma will be best picture. I don't have who's going to win, who should win, who's snubbed. Um, obviously, there are snubs, but at the end of the day, it's it's all Roma's show at that point. Um, and I pray that enough time has passed to put the Moonlight and uh, La La Land uh, thing to rest. I know it's going to come up again, even though it came up more than once last year. Um, so hopefully at this point, it'll have been forgotten and put into the into the history books. And they can just open the envelope at 10.58 p.m. Eastern Time. <laughs> and everything ends and everyone's happy. Okay, uh, and then do you have any snubs? This is only has eight nominees, and when it could have gone up to ten, is there anything else that got nominated this year that you think should have been included? Oh well, I mean, I think Bohemian Rhapsody uh, doesn't necessarily belong there. I think Beale Street could be included. Um, I think potentially, um, I think potentially. Well, I can't say first man. I haven't seen it. I've heard so many mixed things about it. That would have been more of a, like a, a bump for Damien Chazelle in that case. So really it's just it, from what I've seen, um, it'll be if Beale Street could talk and from what I know rather. All right. Uh, so for me, you know, much like for director, Roma is the one that I believe will win. It will become the first, uh, non-English film to win best picture. And I think that's going to be fantastic. Uh, I, I saw an article today and I, and I wish I, I opened it and I meant to read it and I ended up closing it without reading it, but talking about the, the diversity of non-English speaking films slowly creeping its way in multiple categories. Um, you look at cinematography, three of the five nominees are non-English films from uh, Roma, Cold War, and Never Look Away. And then you have uh, The Favorite, directed by uh, Greek Yorgos Lanthimos, um, who still does make Greek films. It's been a few years, but he does make Greek films uh, where we could be hopefully looking at the days where we are getting uh, more and more foreign films in different categories. Even makeup and hairstyling has Border, which is a Swedish film. So hopefully with Roma winning, it sort of opens the floodgates a bit more to having uh, outside uh, films being more welcomed, which is something I, I eagerly await. Uh, I also believe Roma should win, and uh, I think my snub this year is Cold War. I don't know how it got a Best Director nomination and not a Best Picture nomination. But it just baffles my mind that it was able to get one but not the other. I don't think I've ever seen that since they've expanded the Best Picture category to more than five films. It makes no sense, so for me, that's my snub. I think that's totally fair, and I think what we're seeing also along those lines altogether, although for some reason my computer decided to close all the ballots. There it is. Um, I, I think we're seeing films year over year now being made by different voices. That's, I think, the key thing, um, winning. So um, we're still very slowly getting there with female directors and female filmmakers altogether, but we are seeing people of color and different identities 
And in this case, like you said, a foreign language film going right to the top ranks. And I think that that's a good, very slow progression, but still a good progression. And that's, that's, I think, why I know if, if you look at these eight films together and the Academy does the same thing, they're going to see Roma as the best film of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like, I, I don't want to get too conspiracy minded, but uh, unfortunately, I, I feel a lot of the times that there have been major breakthroughs in, in America by whether it's women, people of color, people not from there. There needs to be the perfect storm of events. For anyone that's a baseball fan, uh, knows that Jackie Robinson, when he broke the color barrier, he was sort of, he was the perfect person to do it because of his demeanor. He wouldn't have been seen as offensive to the more racist population of baseball fans and things like that. And I think Roma sort of also maybe fits that bill a little bit. You have Alfonso Cuaron, who is very proud to be from Mexico, who has made a ton of English language films, has been nominated for other Oscars. He is very palatable to the Academy. And it features a story that is very easy for people to understand as well, despite it being very personal for him. Um... So it makes sense that this might be the one that sort of opens the door for other people. Absolutely. All right. So all that said, that was our, our picks. We're going to take a short break and we're going to wrap up when we come back. Let me tell you, buddy, there's a faster gun coming over yonder when tomorrow comes. Let me tell you, buddy. And it won't be long Till you find yourself singing your last cowboy song Yippee-ki-yi-yi when the roundup ends Yippee-ki-yi-yi and the campfire dims Alright, so that was all of our picks for who we think will win, should win, and who was snubbed. Uh, so make sure you go to liveandlimbo.com to check out the show notes. There's going to be our list of just who we think uh, will end up winning. Otherwise, there would just be so much information there. We're going to have a nice and easily laid out. And so that way you can compare both Sammy's and mine responses and maybe help you win that office pool. Remember, 50% of anything you win must be shared with Sammy and I uh, if we were able to help you get there. So those movie tickets were your date that night. Um, both, both of us were one. We become one person. Yeah, we can share popcorn, right? I guess. <laughs> uh, so like I said, check out liveandlimbo.com for the show notes. Make sure you follow the show on Twitter at ContraZoomPod. Make sure you follow me as well at DGAPA. Sammy, I want to thank you so much for once again coming on, giving some nice banter back and forth, making sure that we don't have the exact same answers so that this would be interesting and a little bit fun. Uh, I'm sure after the Oscars happen, the first episode that I do, I'll, I'll be eager to to share the results of how we did, especially if I beat you. You will beat me, but thank you for having me. (laughs) Uh, As always, I enjoy having you on, and I can't wait to have you on again. And thank you, everyone, for listening. I hope you enjoyed this year's lead-up to the Oscars, and uh, I hope you enjoy hate-watching them as much as we will. Have a good night.